Good evening, one and all. Welcome along. It is season four, episode 42. I think we're up to 247 episodes now. How are we both, gentlemen? Doing not too bad, man. Yourself? Not too bad. Not too bad at all. And Laura, yeah, not too bad. Rushing home tonight. Yeah, yeah, dashing up from the in-laws. So been down there for New Year. So happy New Year, guys, everybody. Yes, happy New Year to everyone. Cowboys Nation across the world. We hope you're doing lovely. Hope uh, Santa Claus was good to you. And all the best for 2023. Absolutely, absolutely. I would echo that those comments 100%. And look, folks, before we go any further into the show, we are going to bring up, look, Damar Hamlin, our thoughts and prayers are with his families and friends of the Buffalo Bills player. Um, you know, football in these instances is the least important of the little things in life. Yes. Um, yep. It was really difficult to, like, I didn't watch the game. I didn't see the game live, but seeing the video clips of it, I, I found it quite difficult to watch. And... Mm-hmm. I will say, as for the players being on the field and the coaches and the fans, like I couldn't, I don't know how anyone could even anticipate for if the game was to go ahead. Thankfully, it didn't. Mm-hmm. I will say that. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I hope uh, Demar is recovering, and I hopefully we'll hear some positive news in the next day or whatever and that like as soon as possible so um everyone is everyone from here in cowboys nation from uk cowboys we're all rooting for you hamlin uh damar yeah. sorry damar hamlin yeah. we're all rooting for you hopeful and thoughts are with your family right now yeah i just want to echo i mean i remember back when you know dennis bird and mike utley the um the detroit lions offensive linemen when they were both um, suffered pr- paralyzing injuries that, you know, just thinking how the hell can these guys go back out and play the rest of the game? Um, you know, and I certainly don't think they could have done it, um, you know, af- after a potential death as as he reportedly was out for, you know, at least a couple of minutes. He was, they were trying to resuscitate him and bring him back to life. So, um, it's quite scary, and I mean, it, it's happened a couple of times in British American football games, um, yeah. you know, and they've never carried on. But um, yeah, it's it's so weird though. Like I've I've seen a couple of videos on YouTube stuff like from actual doctors and stuff like that where they've made a comment like that type of cardiac arrest is like a trigger point. Like where he got hit seemed to trigger that cardiac arrest. So what's been reported as anyway. Um, it seems to be one of those one of a million chances that is ever going to happen, and we noticed it just right before our eyes, type of thing. Yeah. And it's scary, it really is scary. So, um, but yeah, like you're saying there, Lauren Brian, like just our thoughts are with them, and hope, hopefully, uh, Damar re- can recover in that. But, um, and also, also to, to all the Buffalo players, uh, Buffalo Bills players. We could see the emotions on that sideline. They were very yeah. emotional, and yeah, the the coach, the coaches, not the NFL. The coaches made the right call of uh, like suspending the game completely, and it's the right move to do. And 
and every and I think everyone is, is happy that the game did not continue based on that. Yeah. And was... that, you, you have to give credit to the fans as well. I mean, the Absolutely. fans, as soon as they noticed that, you know, that they were all silent, everybody, you know, was praying. And you see some of the the outpourings of support, you know, everybody walking down to the medical center and yep. holding mm-hmm. vigils outside there, you know, that's that yep. that just shows that you know this this rises above football. Um and it's yep. complete complete contrast to you know the likes of Michael Irvin lying on the field of um veteran stadium in Philadelphia, you know, and the way that Philadelphia fans were acting then. Mm. Uh, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean <sighs> It, 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 go on ahead, Paul. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, different. I mean, it's you're always going to get that with certain people out there. Not mm. all fans, of course. Not not everyone, obviously. Like, not there's no always bad eggs with every franchise type of thing. Now, I'm not trying to uh, mm. say whatever, but basically, um, it's a different scenario. But whereas this one, it was like it was very concerning, like. When the fact that like, was Michael Irvin like you can you can sense it yeah but whereas this one like it's like there was a lot of deep concern and I and I, and I think <clears throat> doesn't matter who you are what team you support you would be very very genuinely concerned it's like ooh, everyone was surrounded there was the ambulance like the ambulance was on the field etc so um. It's, it's like it's, it was very tough to watch. Like just even seeing the the not the replay, but the the videos have been moved about and social media. So, but but like I said, like don't get don't get me wrong. Like we still have our views in regards to Philadelphia and stuff like that as fans and that. But we know we all know that not every fan of every organization ha, um, is bad. To, yeah, you know, I just want to try to say like there has been fans out there and showing uproar support. And showing their uh, not condolences, but um, just like just the concerns for yeah. Demar, and and rightly so. So, um, and and this is more important than football. And and I will say this: when you've got and yeah, when things happen to football, anything doesn't matter anymore. I completely agree with you, Joe. And big shout out to Joe watching all the way from Italy again. Um, Lo- love what you're coming in, Joe. You always bring the fire to the show as well. So thank you for that, and uh, and also to Tim and Samuel who's in the chat as well. So big shout out to you guys as well for coming in. Um, but yes, um, it's a tough. It's, it's 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 just tough to watch, and you just don't want to see that happen to anybody. It doesn't matter if you really hate the person. You don't want to see someone's health at risk. Like, say, take for example, <clears throat> like, obviously, I'm a Glasgow Celtic fan, right? And yep. obviously, our, like, and you know, Lauren, our most heated rival is Glasgow Rangers. And there was the whole thing about um, a certain player called Fernando Rickson. So, um, mm-hmm. and the, the amount of solidarity within yep. those two teams to show the uproar and support. I hated Fernando Rickson as a player, but as a person, I have no problem with. And yeah, and, it, yeah. and it just goes to show it goes beyond football. So in, in case anyone doesn't know who Fernando Rickson is, he is a former player, played for Rangers, 
a really good player. He's from originally from the Netherlands, and he was diagnosed with uh, motor neuron disease. And yeah. pretty much um, everyone from all walks of life within the Scottish football or soccer community, pretty much, were mm-hmm. all in united and showing the uproar and support. So it just shows, like, goes back to the main point, like, take football out the window and think about the actual person. Yep. Yeah. Like, I think, as you said, Paul, about Fernando Ricks in there, obviously I remember that myself. But, I mean, it, it's given us flashbacks to, what, 18 months ago and Christian Eriksen having a cardiac arrest on Exactly. Like, that, that's a great example. Yep. Christian, yeah, Christian Eriksen, he... He could have been gone for all we know, and he yeah. fell flat foot. And same with it's it's happened quite a few times in soccer games, yeah. like with certain players. Like I still remember the day when Phil O'Donnell, um, an our player, yeah. passed away yeah. on like on the field for and this was in a smaller game back in Scotland. Yeah. And the amount of uproar support from all walks of life in terms yeah. of football and stuff like that, that's of soccer, sorry. Um, um again, United showed us um, support and hope and hope that he would pull through but unfortunately it's just but but in this case we just need to make sure that Demar is comfortable make sure he recovers and make sure that his, his family are well looked after to, and, and I'm, I'm and I'm sh- and I'm sure uh, Bills Nation and the Buffalo Bills organization are well on top of that they're the yeah. doctors available get them like bring them in over etc and yeah. yeah yeah absolutely and like i mean this this has happened in all varieties of sport like you know it's as much as we all enjoy watching sport there are inherent dangers in ev- in every sport absolutely you know? like as we say christian erickson a couple of years ago it's happened you know i've seen guys paralyzed in rugby i've i've seen a guy with broken back in Gaelic football, which would be from my own country here. I've seen I've seen a guy with a broken leg in a in a game of soccer that I was playing in. You know, it 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 happens at all levels of sport, it happens up and down, and it's not related to any single sport. You just don't know when these things happen. And yeah. it's how, as Paul kind of alluded to earlier, it's how teams react and like that coach is saying, we're not playing anymore. This is, yeah. you know, this yeah, you, you need to take that stand, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but kind of referring back to what you mentioned about rugby there, like uh, Samuel made a comment, and I think it was just more of a general observation. I know yeah. I'm trying, I'm not jumping from the topic from Demar, but you just yeah. made the reference to rugby there. So, uh, Samuel, um, thanks for the comment. Um, see his question Do people get hurt on rugby like football? And yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, rub, rugby is a very, very physical sport. You are going to pick up injuries, like. Mm. And that was one of the reasons I didn't do rugby because the amount of small, it's the small injuries for me. Like, yeah, I can't even bend my pinky anymore, all those type of things and stuff like that. It's it's all that you can get seriously injured in football or rugby or even soccer. Like like you just mentioned there, Brian, any sport. So, yep. Yeah. And you can be the fit, you can be the fittest person. I mean, there's, you know, obviously they were saying that, you know, one of the things that could cause this is that, you know, it's a bad timing of the hit in the, you know, I think if you time it right, there's, and there's the, an and electrical the impulse. Yeah, yeah, there's an electrical impulse. 
that's what the doctors were saying. That's what the doctors were saying. It was like that literal impulse, and it just really kickstarted it. It was like a like it managed to find that button somehow, really in the deep parts of his body, and it just really triggered it. And it's like like that one in one millionth chance that was going to happen. And yeah, there's also you can have a little bit of plaque build up in your veins or whatever, and then that Mm -hmm. hate releases it, and then it travels straight to the heart and blocks off. So, you know, but it was, you know, you saw him get to his feet again and adjust his face mask and then that was it, lights out, you know, so. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. I think that was the toughest part. It was just seeing how, not to go into detail, but it's just how he collapsed. I was just like, whoa, yeah, I can't watch this. I I just found it really uncomfortable to watch. So, but like I said, and, and this is from all of us, and also with Mike and Jamie, Graham, and uh, Rich, who's Rich. not here on the show right now, all of our thoughts are out with there with you right now, Damar, and we hope you recover yeah. soon. Yeah. And just to, I'm just going to pull up Tim's Tim's point here because there's just something that I, I, I was going to mention anyway. Oh. In terms of aid, we don't know, but just something to watch out for. There are a lot of fake GoFundMe campaigns out there so please check in if if you want to go through the official channels yeah Yeah. go through the buffalo bills own social media and just try and get the links there because there are a lot of people trying to profiteer from this and we would hate to see that happening absolutely yeah that's one thing that's more disgusting than mocking someone is actually profiting from someone's demise well not demise um unfortunate um situation is someone yeah. taking advantage of that and that's more disturbance so screw yeah. those people go through the official channels folks if you want to go and help out any way you can or ask about look up their official channels yeah so look let's move along anyway and it feels like an eternity ago since the game actually happened but yeah. Our Cowboys won 27-13 at Nissan Stadium. They had a full house there. I think it was even even more of an attendance than the official gate than the official numbers. Well, there was it was there was more of an attendance at the game than there was with Southwest Airlines, I'll tell you that. <laughs> In case anyone doesn't know, um there was a big, big, big problem with trying to get to Nashville and all across other parts of the US because of Southwest Airlines. Um, don't whether it's down to overbooking flights, whatever we don't know, but basically, a lot of flights got cancelled and people had to give up tickets, resell them, uh, cancel their Airbnbs or hotels and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And so, and some of my friends from Houston were supposed to fly out and their flight got cancelled, and so they decided to do the road trip instead. So, from Houston to Nashville, Tennessee, as a long, long drive, you're talking about nine, 10, maybe even 11 hours, depending how quick you do it for rush hour, etc. But it's just, again, it just kind of shows the dedication to fans out there. They're willing to travel far and wide by any means necessary for football. Yeah. Yeah. So we remain second in the NFC East. And depending on the outcome of this weekend's slate of games, we can finish as fourth seed, second seed, or fifth seed. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's 
un the chances are very unlikely, but there is a chance. Um, but if there's one thing I'm not happy about is I w I was kind of hoping they may kind of start to the type of original schedule they were supposed to do was maybe have the Eagles on the early game, perhaps. I don't know if this is true or not, yeah. but they were supposed to have the Eagles game on as the early game, the 6 the six p.m. here in the UK, which is the yep. noon game um, in Dallas time, and in the, the mid-evening game, it would have been the Dallas game, because that means that kind of gave us an idea, should we play our stars or not? But yeah. with this now going ahead as a head-to-head -head game for tv pretty much and this is all down to the nfl trying to get more ratings again um mm -hmm. we're, we're kind of forced our hand to play our stars in case we do want to go for that number one or number two seed yeah yeah because because they've, they've conveniently they've scheduled the the eagles game and the 49ers game at the same time as ours but all 925 kickoffs uh, yeah. here in the I'm, uk so i don't um, know about you guys but i'm not particularly thrilled about it i'm not happy about it no, but I mean they did the same mm. last year. I mean the, the the week six the week eighteen games are always actually um, derived on the Monday after after the um after week seventeen and then they know what's on the line in terms of playoffs. Obviously everything's pretty much sealed up. It's just a case of who who gets that number seven seed at the moment and yeah. yeah. Ultimately, it's probably the outcome, of the, the winner of the, the Green Bay uh, Detroit Lions Detroit. game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, see, and that's another thing as well. Like, I would not like to be. How, how would I say this, actually? Like, even if we're number one or number two, right? The chances are, and correct me if I'm wrong here, if we are like the number one and number two seed, the likely chances are, if we were to get into that next round, we're likely to play against potentially Green Bay, maybe. And I yep. don't like that idea. But if it was me, I would stick at number five. Just stay at number five. We may actually, we probably have a much more better chance playing against Tampa Bay the second time round, I think, I, just based on how we're performing and how Brady mm -hmm. is right now. Like, he only seems to be turning it on in the last quarter, pretty much, and still scratches the edge against... Yep teams are subpar like right now mm -hmm. like i don't know about you guys but i would stick to number five and just work away because is it really worth putting in our stars potentially getting them injured just for a number one spot where we're, we, like don't get me wrong that bye week is great yeah cool whatever but i would rather maybe kind of kind of take this bye week make sure because i think because i'm looking on espn right now that prescott is deemed as questionable or according to espn Mm -hmm. So, I'm just kind of thinking, right? Okay, is it really worth it? Where don't get me wrong, like Washington are out; they're eliminated. They've got nothing mm -hmm. to play for. Yep. They're likely going to play their backups as well. So, why can't like? And I'm not one for just saying, yeah. yeah. Like I'm always, I always want to beat our rivals. Yeah, of course. But I'm trying to think for the long run here. I'm trying to think mm -hmm. our best path to the Super Bowl. Like, don't get me wrong, we have beaten like the most teams with the highest like um winning records. Like, I think we're five and one or something like that. I think there was a statistic of all the teams that were at Abba. We're seven and one against teams with a with an above 500 record. Seven and, and one, beaten, right. We've beaten, I know we've got the most three teams with 11 wins. 
because I know we've got the most. So, but if it was, but I think my question is, what would you rather have? Would you have Ro- go up against Rogers, or would you want to go up against Brady? Oh, even as the second seed, you'd be going up against the Giants again, and the Giants are, um, or I would say no. that. No, so no. first, second will play seventh, third will play right, sixth, so, yeah. and fourth and fifth. Yeah, but okay. first so will I play am, the yeah. winner of the. Uh, the, so, the who, 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 so the I'm just trying to think. So, hypothetically, first a uh, first seed would be have their bye week, and who who would play? They would play. They, they then would play, play the lowest, the lowest seed that comes through so from, the, and, from the wild card weekend. And hypothetically speaking, that could be Dream Bay if they pass, if they beat um, yeah. Minnesota. If, yeah. I'm assuming. <laughs> you got to be comment there, Brian. Don't know who's making this comment. I have no <laughs> idea, but this, this, this is on Twitch. So we've actually got our one of our first Twitch comments. So there we go. Um, welcome to Albi Dar for you. So I have no idea who you are, but welcome. I, I think there's right. a friend's <laughs> reference in there, Paul. A friend's reference to you? No, a friend's reference. I'll be there for you. Oh. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> so this is where the show is going right now right yeah, okay it is, <laughs> it is but no as as lauren said so look i think i think the look the most important thing to do on sunday is get the win any way we can and let the cards fall however they may yeah i don't think there's any point kind of going we might have to play tom brady we might have to play aaron Rodgers. we might have to do this that or the other i think we know we're locked into the number five seed. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, And, you know, if we win, we still need the Eagles to lose. We still need the 49ers to lose to get the number one spot. So, look, I think the best thing to do is just concentrate on our own game and let, let those games fall as yeah, they may. I agree. Yeah. Like, I just think with the whole, I don't know if it's just because it's just been the buzz on social media right now. It's like we're thinking about all these alternate um, paths to the Super Bowl, what is the easiest route, what routes we don't want type of thing. I mean, you would like to think if we were to go up against like Sir Rogers and Brady again, which is like, well, Brady's the most likely one if we are fifth. That's pretty much guaranteed. Um, but you would like to think with the second round going round against because we lost to Green Bay and we lost to Tampa Bay this season already. You would like mm-hmm. to think we can make these big changes to accommodate and try and beat them again. You know? Yeah. I mean, there there is some essence to the fact that, you know, we our offense got on better against the Green Bay defense than it did against the Tampa Bay offense. But yeah. then Dak, Dak was pretty uh, under par that day, um, way back mm-hmm. in week one. Again, he didn't have the benefit of a preseason match up to the winner's skills so see yeah i agree yeah it is a case of pick your pick your poison you know and yeah uh, with it it does and i think meg said this to you on saturday that you you know do you really want to be trying to knock brady off in his last potentially his last game against you in the playoffs but 
you know, when else are you going to do it? So that to me does sound like a nice icing in the cake, like knowing that Brady has terrorized the Dallas Cowboys for years, like since the start of his career. It would be a nice wee icing in the cake to end his career with a loss. That would be great. Yeah, mm-hmm. it would. Like we can actually finally say we actually beat Tom Brady. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I can't even recall. Like, I know he's undefeated playing us at our own our own turf, but we have all beaten, time, all time. We've never, we have never Tom beaten Brady. him at all. It's seven and all, I believe, is it, Lauren? I want to say it's eight and zero. I, I just um, yeah, it, it, yeah. We've ne- we've never been the pa- beaten the Patriots while he was the quarterback, yeah. and we've never beaten Tampa while he's the quarterback. So. There we go. Yeah, yeah. That, that, and that just adds more. That would be like I said, the icing on the cake if that was the case. Yeah, folks. If if, if any know if it's seven and zero or eight and zero, don't be afraid to comment and let us know. Yeah. As we say, yeah, we always to- pull up your comments. Yeah, Tim's already on it. So who wouldn't want to send Brady back into possible retirement? I mean, that's it. That's it. Um, The next comment, I think, is is kind of segueing beautifully into the next section, which is obviously, which is our news and updates. So So we do have a comment there from um it's from dj dog and he's just kind of saying could we get farnick back for the washington game would leg mcgovern move back to garden tyler smith back to tackle Um, i don't have any update on that so feeder you gents have seen any news today i've not they're, heard they, they are words. saying that they are saying that they're going to activate his 21 day win, window to return to practice um mm-hmm. and but you know, obviously he had a torn hamstring in the middle of the season. Um, you know, they need to see how it responds, and you probably need more than a couple of couple of practices this week before mm, you yeah. can yep. think Absolutely. about even elevating him as well. So, um, but and I think they elevated Brock Hoffman off yes, the they did. Yep. squad yep. last weekend, who can play centre, but I suppose that's all going to depend on what they want to do on Sunday. I'll, we, I'll we've be, now I'll, used we've now used our three elevations of him as well. So any more elevations, and you either lose hmm. him as soon as you you take him back yeah. down, or um, you've got to keep him on the fifty three. So then you've got hmm. to make a place for him, and yeah. you know how you do that because potentially you're talking, albeit it's going to be tight for getting um, Tyler Biadish back, but they reckon you know Biadish could be back for the beginning of the playoffs. Yeah. Um, if if not the wild card weekend, then he could be back for the divisional weekend. But then, yeah, um, you've got to get to the divisional weekend first of all. So, yeah, I mean, well, here's the question for you guys: Like, do you guys feel any way particularly worried about this game without Bayadish at all? Because for me personally, I thought like when Bayadish went out, I thought McGovern actually did a good, solid job, perhaps. Like, I thought, like just in general, I thought he did okay yeah. given the circumstances. So... So, for, for, for me, I think what the problem is, is that to move Conor McGovern into centre, it created three different moves along the line. And, mm. you know, it's that consistent thing of we're changing. It's the continuity, yeah. Yeah, we just seem to be finding a bit of balance, a bit of continuity, 
Tyler Biadish went out. McGovern went in, won. Uh, Tyler Smith went in, won. And Jason Peters came in. And you left Tyron Smith at right tackle and Zach Martin at right guard. You know, so it's trying to, it's trying to write what's the best five, where are the best five positions and playing with that. It's so, it's so weird that we're still having this question like all we mm. hear now. It's like, who is our best five offensive linemen? It's crazy to even yeah. say that now. Like, yeah. and yeah, it's, don't and, get me wrong. We have jumped leaps and bounds in improvement as an O-line. There is still problems with our O-line, no doubt about yeah. it, but yeah, when you compare it back to 2020 and then Ooh. 2021 to this season, yeah. we have elevated massively yeah. as a unit, yeah. as an offensive line unit. But um, but we'll, we'll just need to wait and see and what happens against this game against Washington. And like DJ Dog just kind of mentioned the comments is Washington's D line are pretty good and yeah. they'll put. But they've got, but will they want to play their stars? We, we don't even know, but we'll save that for Thursday's um, show. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, the, the one thing I would say is when Biadish went down and obviously Tyler Smith moved into guard, I think because during the week, the majority of his practice reps would have been at left tackle. When he moved into guard, there was a few areas where he got buckled, um, didn't block as well as he, you know, as he's known to on the outside. That's maybe just, you know, not being prepared for being the playing the guard position as, as much mm. as if he if he spent every single practice rep that week playing playing the guard position. Mm-hmm. Um, so y- you do need to have some sort of stability in that what you do during practice during the week is what you do, um, particularly for a guy who is a rookie. And yeah, he's been a he's been a more than stellar rookie, but. To, you're still talking about some guy that's still having to learn the intricacies of playing in the NFL and the mm. step up from that mm. and moving him inside, it's a whole different skill set. Um, yeah. And, you know, he's still then having to think about how he was doing it in, in training camp or whatever. So, but yeah. I think McGovern, all of his shotgun snaps were good. Um, you know, it wasn't like last year when Connor Williams was taking shotgun snaps and, you know, the ball was going anywhere and, you mm. know, you're like, you know, one minute you're having to jump up six foot in the air to catch the ball or whatever. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and, and let's not forget Connor Williams is playing centre this year for, for the Miami Dolphins yep. and doing a damn good job at it. Yep. Uh, as much as I hate to say it, he is. Um whether it's more of a scheme fit or it's a the coaching perspective, where like where it's Connor Williams didn't see the the coaching set of Philburn or whatever it is, mm-hmm. but we don't know. But whether it is is in Miami, it's working for Connor Williams, and I really yeah. do say this with every inch of my body. It's like every player has a certain coach they can always click to. I don't think that was the case with Connor Williams and offensive lineman Joe Philburn. Yeah, but it seems to be happening really, really well in Miami. So, uh, fair play to him. Yeah, yeah. And this is the thing: is like, I know we we all like to rag on about how great players are when they leave Dallas, and it's just a change of system. Ch- change of system, know? change of scenery. Yeah, fresh start, point to prove, motivation. Like, 
the all yeah. those things above it, it it puts a fire under your ass and i do apologize yeah. for using the word ass there because that's now been deemed as a bad thing now it's <laughs> because of yeah. sean mccoy <laughs> um but yeah. enough of that but um but yeah it's uh but I, one thing i will say though is T- tyron smith at right tackle mm. i have to admit like I did have my concerns for him, like, and Lauren, you know, as much as well as I do, like, playing left side to right side is a completely different dynamic. You're so used to kick-stepping with one certain way and throwing your hip in a different dire- in that certain direction mm. and having to kind of readjust it to your weaker side. It takes a bit, fair amount of effort to, to just to even get into the swing of things, and Tyron's actually done considering like we know he's a, an exceptional player we all know that he's going to be a future hall of famer yeah. for the cowboys etc yeah. etc but for him to kind of step in on a right tackle position where he's never really really played it he's always been dominant on the left hand side and for him to have that different dynamic of kick stepping and blocking in a different view and understanding the different terminologies for the right hand side of that offensive line i'm really impressed how he's managed yeah. to come in and, and do that job yeah. Yeah. He did. He did play his entire rookie season on the right hand side, but that's I mean, right, even, I even that, that yeah, yeah. you are talking that's what fifteen years ago or something like that. So, <laughs> and, um, and, 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 and even stuff, even stuff like that will take time to readjust. Yeah, like in time, like oh, I've not done that in a wee while, but for him, it must have been like give me a couple of reps, boom, clicked in. Yeah. He's he's good to go pretty much, and that just shows you the the character and the type of teammate that. And not just that, like he was like, just put me on the right tackle. I'll be ha- like, I'll be happy to st- step in and be that guy. Like that's just that's a teammate right there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Zach, Zach Martin was on the Cowboys Hour a couple of weeks ago, and he said that you know, literally when Terrence when Terrence Steele went down, uh, Tyron Smith was standing in street clothes on the sideline. He literally went up to Zach Martin and said, "Right, I'm go- I'm gonna." pick up the right the right tackle yeah. next week yeah. and all this sort of stuff yeah. and zach was like are you sure and he's like yeah 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 i want to get on the field i don't want to disrupt um yeah. you know tyler smith and you, you you can say what you want about you know some of these people who are coming back from injury that they want to reclaim their starting spot and what have you but you know that just goes to show the character of tyron smith that he's willing to come in play a position he hasn't played for a long time not stake a claim back to, you know, he's obviously seen that perhaps the writing's on the wall that, you know, his heir apparent is there, um, mm-hmm. you know, and he's doing whatever he can to get on the field, not not disrupting anything on this line. So, And I think that's just a, an attainment to his actual traits. He's got that baller mentality. Yeah. 100%. He's, he's got what Micah Parsons have, obviously different position, different type of mindset for those positions, but in terms of the determination to be on the field and do whatever it takes to make be a success and make this team work. That's Tyron Smith right there in a nutshell. But uh, but I'm loving the comments so far. Like Tim made a really good point about it's great to be good and selfless. Elizabeth's comment there, as you can see on the screen, Tyron took the right side, so not to disrupt the dynamics. Absolutely, completely agree with all these comments right now. So keep them coming in, folks. Keep them coming in. Yeah, absolutely. Just getting back to, as we say, the injury updates and the latest news. So Tyler Bialis, Jonathan Hankins, 
and LVE, their injuries are not as first, as serious as we thought. And they all should be available at some stage during the playoffs. Good, good. So, see, so this yeah. this is really good, especially for this playoff run we're about to embrace, not next week, but the week after. This is going to be good to have these players back and available, hopefully. Like, well, LVE in particular, I think. Yeah. Like, yeah. And yeah. I think a lot of people are not really realizing the contribution he has brought to this team this year. Like he's been very quiet in terms of um, on the scenes and on the field, but when you actually watch and dissect the film, he's been everywhere for the Cowboys this year. And 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 make no mistake, like I'm so glad that we brought LVE back in, but I think he deserves a new contract. Personally, for me, I would bring him back in. Yeah. I think on, on LVE, I think it's going to depend on what Stephen and Will can sit down and do with him in the off-season. Yeah. They might say to him, look, go and test the market and come back to us. Yeah. It, it, it might be what they do. I don't know, Lauren, can they can they use the transition tag on him or something like that? You can certainly use a transition tag. Um, yeah, you might need it for others. But you might need it for others. I mean, obviously, mm. you can only use one of the tags. You either use the transition tag or you use the franchise tag. Mm. You can't use you can't use both. What what Dallas has done in the past is they do have a sort of agreement with players that you know go off test the market, give mm. us the first right of refusal though, which the players don't have to do. They can they can just do whatever they want. They can go off and sign. But you know because of the the camaraderie or whatever that's produced around here and because you're you're seeing jerry every day it's not a case um that you know you only see the likes of dan snyder when things are going really good or really bad you know you Mm -hmm. you, as a player you experience jerry every single day he's there watching practice either Mm. you know on the sidelines or he's he's watching from his office or whatever um so and that just you have that relationship yeah. with him so that you are more likely to come back and say right Minnesota Minnesota are offering me this and mm-hmm. you know but knock knock five knock ten uh, percent off and I'll I'll still come back and play for you and it helps yeah. in in Texas as well you don't have the sales tax as well that you do yeah well in true. other states as well that, that's so. a big factor for sure um yeah, yeah. I, I don't know uh, guys this has just popped up on my screen right now and and this is going to be the last thing I mentioned about regards to like the Demar um every team in the NFL have changed their social media presence to pray for Demar they've got like his jersey yeah. number with his mm-hmm. uh, name on the back of it. So it just shows, again, solidarity within all teams yeah. in the NFL are in support and hoping that DeMar recovers. So. Yeah, 100%. Just, I, I could see you pulled up the comment there, Paul, on, uh, from DJ Dog just on the transition. Mm-hmm. requires a certain salary. So if either you know differently, correct me on this, but I think with the transition tag, you can allow a player to go and test the free market. And if you want to transition, I think you have to get a certain amount of picks in value back. So it allows you a little bit of leeway in that you can say, as Lauren was saying, Minnesota offer Leighton Van Der Esch six or seven million. We can then say, well, we'll match that. And that's the value of the transition time. 
Right. I was just gonna. I was gonna ask about that because this is something I I really don't really know too much about about the trans. I know yeah. everything about the franchise tag, but in terms of the transition tag, so this is quite educational for me to know about. So you're basically just essentially what you're saying is the transition tag works in a way it's like um works out like what the best offer is. You match that essentially. Yeah. Is that, is that basically it, what? It, it's essentially offering you the right of first refusal. So if if somebody signs you signs them to a contract or to to an offer sheet, you have one week to to match that contract. Now you can't then put stipulations in or whatever. You have to match that contract word for word. Now, uh, now there are poison. There, there's things that have now been put in that stop you doing the poison the poison pill as such. You know, like Stephen Hutchinson got with Seattle. Um, about five or six years ago, where they said that, um, you know, you either, you either, yeah. if if Minnesota sign you back, you have to be the most valuable offensive lineman that every single year of this contract. Yeah. Otherwise, you've got to, you know, you've got to renegotiate the deal. So there's little things like that, which absolutely, Minnesota, I think, if I remember rightly, Minnesota might pick the deal up. And then obviously they went and signed somebody else, and mm-hmm. you know because of the starting at that point in time, because the starting salary for bringing somebody else in or whatever took it up above a level, you then mm-hmm. had to automatically pay him that same level as well. So you, you effectively screwed up their franchise, their their salary cap at that point in time. So there are things like that, but. Um, I don't think you lose it. I don't think you gain any draft picks necessarily. You'll, you'll obviously yeah. you'll get your, um, you'll get your compensation pick at yep. the end of the at the end of the next year. Okay. So I, I, I think what I'm thinking of then, Laura, maybe is the exclusive rights tag. I think it's it's something like you can you can tag a player, and if someone comes in and gets him. You have to give up two first round picks or something like that. Yeah, it's something I need to refresh myself on. But I think that it's the exclusive. the three tags: the franchise tag, the exclusive rights tag, and then the transition tag. I think is how it works. Yeah. See, this is so. So this is the side I literally have no knowledge about. It's something I'm not really particular. I'm just I'm just interested in the plus that we do have, and that's such as yeah. me. You know what I mean? Um, I don't. It's, I don't know if you. I, I don't know. Well, I, mean, well, I was just going to say, like, I mean, for LVE, I, I just hope we do bring him back, really, and end of the day, because I think he's been very underrated this season. Um, he's not really put a foot wrong, really. His tackling's improved. I thought he's getting, and like, I think there's been a couple of games he's had, like, the total amount of tackles uh, accumulated in certain games and stuff like that. And I'm just saying he's, he's just not going unnoticed. It, it like yeah. especially when you do watch and dissect the film like what, what like we do here and like so the guys like JTAC and everybody else, like everyone's saying, Yeah, we'd love to bring back LVE, but everyone's like certain people out there still tend to think, Oh, is L-, like I've not heard much of LVE this season because he's not yeah. making much headlines or big massive yeah. plays, doesn't mean necessarily that he's contributing to the team. So yeah. I think I think with LVE, he's a lot like Sean Lee in that you know, unfortunately, he's just not been able to stay healthy. That's a great um, point, Lon. Yeah, you know, that's a great point. He, but he puts the work in. I mean, the whole thing about 
obviously getting rid of Jalen Smith. Jalen Smith tended to, you know, from from his social media persona, seemed to and be more drops, in, uh-huh. But also, see, but certainly, you know, his social media, there was always something about clear-eyed view. There was always something about, you know, what I'm doing for the Dallas community. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, the it was, young not, it was hardly about football. Well, so yeah. It wasn't about football. You can see that LVE keeps it quiet. He's um, very, he's very much to himself. Probably, uh-huh. He's probably like Sean Lee. He sat there mm. on a Friday night at half past eight at night, mm. haven't mm. been in since six o'clock in the morning. He's probably sitting there watching another two hours of game tape or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, much like Sean Lee. You know, it, you, you heart back to the all or nothing, where you know after Dallas had been eliminated from the season. But, you know, he was sat there watching game tape again and all this sort of thing. So you can Agreed. see that with LVE. And he's, if nothing else, again, he's producing or helping to produce guys like um, Damone Clark. Clark, and yeah. Bring yeah, them on. Exactly. Yeah. And kind of, as, as DJ Dog said, you know, he said here, he doubts Dallas will tag LVE yep. with Damone Clark and the draft also. He likes them. But there's a lot of other contracts to get sorted out, and that's the thing is, and, that, and that's and that's the world of Stephen and Jerry right now. Like, and and, and again, who are we to criticise Jerry yeah. and Stephen this year? Because we thought we had it all wrong at the start of the season, yeah. like the fact yeah. with, like, for example, the whole Randy Redry situation, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm-hmm. We did not expect things to pan out for the better than we expected, and it just comes yeah. to show that the front office know exactly what they're doing. Yeah, and 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 and, and we've been we've been ultra critical this year, and rightly so at the start of the season. It's like, why did we let him go? And we didn't really well. We did yes, we brought in Sam Williams, but we didn't think he would make a major impact like this part of the season so far. And and that's another thing as well. Sam Williams, like obviously he's, I think he's now he's now out in concussion protocol. Now he should be back for this game next week, shouldn't he? I think was he was he was playing in the. Yeah, he played on Sunday. He had limited snaps. I did not even notice that. Yeah, I think he was just he he almost had a sack at one point. And and, (laughs) because that was one of the other points (laughs) in the updates is that he played on limited snap count. Yeah, I mean the the, the one thing going into this off going into this regular season, you know, I think we all said that we probably thought Cowboys had eleven wins in us. You know that we were going yeah. to be one one win less this season than last season in terms of the talent level. I we're now at, we're now yeah. at twelve wins. We've potentially got mm. the ability to go thirteen wins, depending yeah. on how yeah. depending on yeah. how the team decided to, to play this next week. Um, you know, so again, that highlights that you know the job that has been done by Will McClay, Stephen, yeah. uh, Mike Mike McCarthy, Dan Quinn. You hate to say it, but Kellen Moore as well, you know, Wanda yeah. Wells, um, you know, all of these guys, Joe Philbin, yeah. it's, um, it, it really is something special that we've got going this season. Yeah. Yeah. Just pulling up Joe's, Joe's comment here. He believes we're going to lose LVE because he heard from other podcasters. They're going to draft a linebacker in the first round. 
I'm not against it, but I'm not I'm not against it, but I would say there's three other areas that we need yeah. to be looking at yeah. in terms I think it's gonna be an it's gonna be in our best case best player available yeah. of the position that is more needed. I think if there's a really yeah. good linebacker at that position where wherever we are in the draft, then yeah, go for it. If there's a yeah. really good offensive lineman there, take it. If there's gonna be a good uh, cornerback there at whatever, take him. So yeah. Um, I think it's just going to be one of those ones where, like, we're just going to have to keep an open mind for this year's mm-hmm. draft coming out uh, for next year. Yeah, yeah. Um, just in terms of the news and updates, because we're fifty minutes into the show, and we have oh. to start <laughs> talking about the game. Yeah. So, Paul, I put in a couple of comments there at the end. So, the first first one I'm going to Zeke, obviously, nine games, nine touchdowns. Emmett has a has the lead there with eleven in a row. Um, the Sam Williams piece, and then um, it's now acceptable for your fans to boo you, even if you've the number one seed. And it's also totally acceptable for your backup quarterback to lose games. You're referring to it's the Eagles, irrelevant. Mm. Well, I, I, I don't know. I wouldn't say their name, would I? Uh, the, the Dante Buds, <laughs> oh, of course not, mate. Of course not. Um, it, only in Philadelphia, I will say that. Like, I've, I found it absolutely fabergasting. Like, you're, yeah, don't get me wrong, right? Yeah, you lost to us and you lost to the Saints. I get you may be upset and disappointed, but you still have your quarterback ready for the playoffs you're going to be in the playoffs already like regard like you're still in a favorable position you shouldn't be moaning about necessarily anything like the fact that you've got your backer quarterback getting reps just in case for worst case scenario is actually a good thing i mean for us we had cooper rush in the early part of the season at least we know that if cooper rush was to go in some point either next week or into the playoffs if that gets injured at least we know we're, we're like okay we're not going to be completely out out of the woodwork yet we're still in contention we can still probably do something out there so i don't know why they might be i, I just again it's just the egos it's their mentality i guess i don't know uh they're a special bunch of people i, I have to say um i mean the thing is, as well, the ego, the the Saints are no yes. pushover team. The the Saints were still going for potential playoff yeah. position. Yeah. They unfortunately, due to other scores, they they they've now been eliminated. It's, it's pretty much it's pre- the Saints are in the scenario of what we're going into this week against Washington mm-hmm. right now. Yep. Like we're even though we're guaranteed playoffs, we're but we're trying to achieve a better position in the playoffs, a better like ranking and against a lower opposition. That's for basically what we're trying to play for now. Um but yeah. Uh but in terms of I, I do have one more bit of news for you, Brian. It's our um it's Antoine Woods former Dallas Cowboys 30th birthday today. I did see that on social media before yes. uh before we came on and I was expecting yeah. that one from you. Yeah. yeah so big happy birthday to Twaka. Yeah big happy birthday Absolutely. my friend and hope it is a fantastic celebration. But look, as I say, we're nearly 55 minutes into the show. This is going to be a record. And we have and not... Mike spoken. is going to go absolutely nuts. <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> so let's move in and talk...
And Lauren will be back with us momentarily, folks, so don't be worrying. So, look, where where do you want to start in terms of the offense? Because I did see a comment in there, and again, I want to, to bring it up from DJ Dog, T.Y. Hilton. Oh. Chemistry straight away. Impact player. Yep. That's the two words I can really say about T.Y. Hilton. He's just been an instant impact player. Yeah. The, the contribution in the short space of time he's brought to this team has been fantastic. And it's been the most vital scenarios as well. It's been third downs. He's, he's, people are now mm-hmm. calling him Mr. Third Down now. He's, he's now yeah. got that, wee, that in that short space of time, he's picked up that reputation now with Finn Dallas now. So, yeah. and people and fans are loving him. He's enjoying his time here. And yeah, um, I'm, I'm very happy. And Again, another good move from the front office. It mm-hmm. kind of getting away from the whole OBJ crap, whatever. Yep. That's now dead and buried and gone. And, and somehow out of nowhere, T.Y. Hilton just signed for Dallas. Where the hell did yep. that come from? No one yep. even anticipated that happening. It just came out the blue and yep. he came in. I mean, this guy used to be Andrew Luck's number one guy for so many years and he was phenomenal for the Colts and he's came in here and he's done a great job. So yeah. Well I'm 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 over the moon with T. Y. Hilton. Over the moon. Yeah. And I think as Tim said, his model respect me and he deserves Absolutely. Respect. Absolutely. Um just I don't know if you just heard that uh, Lauren. Um we were just talking about uh, the impact of T. Y. Hilton. Oh it's it's been immense. I mean just even being on the field and you know the, the first game the you know the two plays that he made getting the fourth down uh, flag mm. and then obviously converting that third and 30 um and then last week you know there was areas yeah, like every where down he was there mm. yeah yep and you know obviously the defense was clamping down on cd lamb you know and even though Kellamer did a good job of uh putting cd lamb in positions to to have a good game as well. I mean, mm. just at points he was taken out of the game by the defense, yep. and yeah. you know, Ty was there. So yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, I'm I'm just looking at Ty Hunt's stats just now. So he only recorded four catches for 50 yards with a 12.5 average, mm. and he was only t- targeted five times, and his longest yep. reception was 28 yards. So even though he only got five record uh, five like targets at him, yeah. Got four of them, but those four targets made a massive, massive impact in that game. Mm. Like he kept the ball rolling for that offense, and all credit to Ty, he kept yeah. us in that game. Like, mm. and it's a game, and and I don't know about you guys, but I tend to, it kind of almost felt like it was watching the the Houston Texans game again. Yeah, in a way, it was very frustrating yeah. to watch. Like the way how we were playing, like we should have been playing, we should have went over these guys with all the injuries and the players that were missing, mm. et cetera, et cetera. This should have been like a 40 bug or a 50, like, like it should have been a, a really high yeah. turnaround for our offense and somehow we can do it. But we did manage to keep like, so, like for the defensive side, we kept them doing to under 20 points. So yeah. in a way that is a win itself, but in a way it, it's one of those, it, again, it just, it didn't feel like a, like it was a win that you could be celebrating and be really proud of. It was like, yeah, yeah we won, but did we really? It, it felt yeah, weird. I mean, yeah. So the, the one I thing I would 
I'll throw this to you, Lauren, because kind of I'm I'm not having a go when I ask this question at Paul because this is kind of something that came up a lot over the weekend. Is you know, like we won 27-13, and a lot of people seem to be giving out that you know it's you know, unless you put up a 40 or a 50 burger in that game, people are giving out. You know, mm-hmm. the, the country seems to be well, they didn't have Tannen Hill or Willis in, they didn't have Derek yeah, Henry in, yeah. they had backups. But I mean, a lot of people were saying if we win 27 13, that's good, and we won 27 13, and then people give out. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I, I think had this game been played on Sunday, I think the scoreline would have been a 40 burger. Yeah, because you're coming off, you were coming, you were coming off, and I mean, I've I voiced that frustration on on our group chat mm. at halftime. I'm saying we should have been steamrolling these guys. We shouldn't have been going mm. in at thirteen six at the halftime. You know, yeah. um, yeah, you can say Dak had his two interceptions, one of which you know purely wasn't his. Sh- oh, oh. Yeah. and every, oh, yeah. everybody gets everybody gets on Dak about his interceptions. Career-wide, if you went back and had a look at the majority of his interceptions throughout his career, it's been the the ball has tipped off a receiver and gone straight into the hands of the defensive back. Yeah. The majority uh, of them. There's very few that you could say you can solely put on that. Um, but I voiced this frustration that, you know, basically we should have been steam, steamrolling these guys mm-hmm. at halftime. Yeah. And you know why weren't we? Why why were we struggling? And then I actually I came away and I thought, well, wait a minute, we've just had a very physical game against the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, yeah. The the Tennessee Titans are a physical team. They are they that. are the number mm-hmm. two defense, I believe, in in stopping the run. Um, and it is more their scheme than it is the 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 great players that they have it is their scheme that works so they can plug these guys in you know obviously Mike Vrabel is of is a descendant of um, Bill Belichick so he knows how to get the best out of players and you know unfortunately he uses players like their their chess pieces and Mm. you know you saw that stat that came up that you know in three years of playing they've put 83 players on IR at any one point in time um you know um so that shows that you know they're not willing they're they're quite willing to use these guys and um, Mm. get everything out of them as as much as possible so I think had the game been played on Sunday I think it would have been a a much larger scoreline in 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 our in our favor yeah, I totally agree. Like for the short turnaround, and again, it was on the road as well. That's an fact yep. as well. We're not, we're not exactly, exactly playing at home. It was two back to back away games and a short turnaround, less preparation to play for, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Like again, it's no excuses. It's just I'm just laying out the facts here. Yep. All these things can actually accumulate and actually affect performances. And I think mm. that did kind of do that. Like, like you're not exactly going to go all the way from Philadelphia back to Dallas for one day just to watch game film. You're basically going to do that as you're on the road, pretty much, really. like Not not to mention that Tennessee threw a curveball at us by obviously elevating the guy that only had on the roster. Mm-hmm. You know, he'd only been on the roster eight, eight, eight days or something like that, practiced yeah. with the team four or five times. And, oh, yeah. you know, it had only ever 
played in mop-up duty for Big Ben coming off. Um, you know, so there wasn't the tape there that, you know, Malik Davis had played three games. That's when you start having ideas of, you know, what what you're seeing with these guys. They were almost having to go back to look at Josh Dobbs in college to to try and work out what his tendencies were. Yeah. And to, to literally, I think it was only announced on the Thursday that, you know, this was the case. They were going to elevate him and play him as a starter. Yeah. Yeah, because um, we were thinking you know, it was going to be uh, what's what's the other kid's name Malik again? Willis. Yeah, Malik Willis. We all thought that uh, the kid from Liberty. We all thought he was going to be the guy starting, but obviously they still have like obviously they kind of feel he's still got much to learn from the sideline perspective. Like so, but just to kind of bring up to your point, Lauren, that you mentioned in regards to like so, uh, Tennessee's defense in terms of the run game, and that kind of proved that like they kept us down to eighty-seven yards, which is a two point seven per average yeah. on, on 32, 32 carries. That's more carries than uh, like than actual catches that we have. Well, well 40, 41 passing attempts, but 32 rushing attempts. But yeah. but even still, like Tennessee, like regardless of Tennessee's who they had in the field, they, they didn't st- take a step down. They were mm-hmm. relentless. They yeah. were relentless. And I will give them credit. Tennessee came out and like especially on that defense, they came out to ball out. They they caused some problems out there. Yeah. Yeah. And to be fair, I don't think I think their starting defense pretty much played. Mm. You know, so it's more offensively, it was their uh, their biggest piece. Yeah. And, and that was clearly on show. Like they didn't have Tannehill, they didn't have Derek Henry, that they, they were missing a couple of the guys in their O line. Yeah. They were missing one I think the only thing they did have was actually they did have all their wide receivers. Yeah, available. Yeah, and yeah. there was moments of their wide receivers like Traylon Burks had an, a ridiculous uh, catch in that game for their offense. But yeah, it's uh, yeah. It, we just kind of I think now, especially when it comes to us, like people kind of took us for granted when we were playing like the Clark and playing like Sadillo and Bland and stuff like that. It's like, oh, these guys are late, late fifth round draft picks. We don't know too much about them, but they've actually been very instrumental to our team right now. Like, yeah. yeah. And even like so, um, like T.Y. Hilton, no one expected T.Y. Hilton to kind of just jump in and be such an impactful player for our offense. And I think yeah. it really just it just comes to show. I think it really comes to show the the players' mentality and the coaches of actually doing their job properly, getting them into the right situation, is making other teams think outside the box a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. And. Look, we cannot keep up with the comments tonight from everybody. So, you know, look, thank you, folks. And it's great to see the people are interacting mm. with each other in the comments tonight. Yeah, really like, guys, is, even talk amongst yourselves in the chat. This is yeah. great to watch. Like, we're, we're watching your conversation come along. It's great yeah. to see. And, like, I'm just, I'm just going to pull up. And, we're again, we're not, we're not picking on Elizabeth with this and saying the DAC is a gunslinger. And coaching has given him a chance, but with the interceptions, it's ugly. And we've a couple of people saying we don't want a captain check down either, you know. And I think to be fair, Dak is as Lauren said earlier. Look, the first reception was on Peyton Hendershot. The second interception, I think it was on Dalton Schultz myself. He just seemed to get beaten to it and then give up. He didn't even track uh, Kevin Byard. Byard got away from him. Zeke went to put in a tackle. I think it was Tyler Smith tackled him out over the sideline. I, I know, think also in respect as well, I think Bayard actually read Dak beautifully. To be yeah, fair. he did. 
Yeah, like yeah, he absolutely. he read him really really well. Like he disguised him where he was going and changed it in the very last second and picked it up. Yeah. So again, from a defensive point of view, from the Titans, it was a great play. Like yeah. Bayard was without a doubt their best player in that game. Without a doubt. Yeah. Um. Just DJ Dog did come in and say that they were missing uh, Jeffrey Simmons, which is true. And yeah, thanks true, for yeah, picking yeah. us up on that. We are, as we say, we'll always be prepared to be correct. And, and, and just, just to clarify as well, like obviously, some people are commenting via VIA Facebook. You won't be able to see the YouTube comments, but we're getting from our conversation, we're seeing all the comments, yeah, mixed yeah. up there. So just in case that you're like, but there's only one or two people here. We're not really commenting. It's just like we're seeing all the comments and from yeah. Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook. So just in case you're wondering. There's a big, massive conversation coming on. So, <laughs> yeah. Go on, Lauren. You had a point there you were going to make. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the one thing last year as well, you were the, the complaint against Dak was that, you know, the, the blueprint that Denver said was to actually, you know, go to a zone defense against Dak and Dak couldn't work his way through a zone. This year, he has been working his way through a zone. And it's, you know, th there are instances. You know, do you want him to be captain check down and play it safe? Which mm. again was a has been a criticism of in the past that you know yeah. that 49ers game last year we were we were too simplistic with the ball until until that last drive where we, we moved down the field and then we we did a risky play and all this sort of stuff. You know, Brett Favre through more probably through in those in those years where we were in the NFC Championship, mm. he threw more interceptions than he threw touchdowns in the season mm. because he was willing to take that risk. And there was there was games where he, like Tony Romo, was throwing five interceptions in a game, and they mm. weren't benching him I because think they knew it, I, that at some yeah. point when the game was on the line, you could rely on him. I think um, we, I, I, I think us as fans in particular, like like. We just get so caught up so easily and not think about the bigger picture here. Like, yeah. like when you really do look overall and just like from a blank canvas and see and just look what Dak has done on paper and what he's done for the Cowboys, he's actually done so much for Dallas. Like, just being a fourth-round draft pick, being on the salary for so low and he's now finally been paid the money he does deserve. I will say that and I will back him to the day he deserves every amount of money. But because we have that narrative as fans to our fan base, uh, to our team, any interception mistake, it's like, oh, why are we paying him so much money? We always seem to kind of dwell mm -hmm. on the negative so easily and, and not think about the bigger picture here. Like here, and all honestly, who else would we bring in who else would we bring in instead? I can't really think of anybody like yeah. that could actually probably do a better job under this offense right now. Yeah. Yep. Hundred percent. Um, kind of. I I know I said something there about Dalton Schultz about giving up on yeah, the yeah, yeah. on the second interception, but Dalton Schultz two and two touchdowns in this game seems to be coming back as security blanket for Dak. Yeah, went for fifty six yards for seven yeah. for seven receptions seven, and yeah. ten targets. So he was getting he was getting a lot more of the ball this game, and yeah, um, I think we're just trying to get our money's worth out of him, especially with him being <laughs> on the franchise tag, try and get his value up a bit. 
and keep yeah. his. I, I still do believe we're not going to see him next season. Um, I think we're just trying to look to see if other teams are looking to potentially take him on for next year, like try and get his yeah. targets up. But I, I could be, it's just, it's, that's just my um, conspiracy theory, so to speak. Mm. But but he's playing well, and uh, yeah. Dalton's is starting to come on, and yeah, I mean, two touchdowns. That I mean, that first touchdown was just a really, really great play. I thought. Yeah, yeah. Um, Lauren, I'm going to throw this one to you. A guy who doesn't seem to be getting a lot of credit, but I've noticed him in the last two, three games, coming in playing fullback, adding adding his way to the offensive line. Sean McEwen. 100 percent. I mean that I'm the, so glad the, you brought him up, Ryan. The the, the Zeke Elliott touchdown touchdown scores the last two weeks against the Eagles and the Titans. That yep. wouldn't have happened if if, if Sean McKeon hadn't come in, made that scoop block to to you know, there was a guy in isolation and you know meet meet at the line, push him back, and there's yep. the there's that block was phenomenal. Like <laughs> the the gap he opened up was ridiculous yep. between him and, and Tyler Smith. Oh my goodness! Like and yeah. there, there's there's a difference as well between you know blocking on on the offensive line where you've only got a yard to to face off against somebody coming yep. from a fullback position and getting into position and being you know obviously you're you've built up a head of speed he's built up a head of speed. And that collision there, that takes a different mentality as well. That, um, you know, it, you see why linebackers are some linebackers are sometimes used as fullbacks. Keith Smith, example, but mm-hmm. um, you know, for for a tight end to move into the backfield and use him as a blocking back, um, you know, that's that takes a that's very rare that you get something like that. So, yeah, um, and. Look, before before we do get off the offense, we've kind of spoken about the offensive line as well. But I think again, CD Lamb, a lot of credit yep. to you this week. Number one wide receiver. He has now solidified that one hundred percent. Yep. Not not yep. actually not one one hundred percent, one thousand percent. Like don't <laughs> get me wrong, they had a really a rough start to the start of the season. Yeah. Dropping a couple of passes. I think with the whole I keep saying this nearly for the past four weeks now, like the whole rumors like, and I, I want to get rid of using this name now of OBJ, but that really does set that fire in CD mm-hmm. Lamb to really prove a point. It's like, no, 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 no. I'm the guy. I'm the guy that's going to take the Cowboys going forward. And now he's what, 1,300 yards for the season now or something yeah. like that? 100, 102 you know. catches was it's only the third time in. And I mean, this this is amazing. It's only the third time in Cowboys history that yeah. we've had a hundred yard receiver, um, Michael Irvin, Jason Witten. Yep. You know, yep. those are the only other two. Um, it, it's quite crazy that you know you think of all the the Des Bryant's, the Antonio Bryant's, the yep. uh, go back to Drew Pearson. Albeit Drew Pearson, the majority of his games were fourteen games a season. Yeah. Um, you know, Tony Hill, Golden Richards, all these guys. Oh, now we're going think, back in time there. Yeah, yeah, to think that you've all only got... Um, <laughs> well, yeah, there is as well. To think, <laughs> to think that we've only got a uh, 300 100 receiver um, yeah. or reception receivers is, is quite something. Yeah. 
And and like I mean, I think to even just to 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 add to that, Lauren, is the fact that there were five games with um Cooper Rush, who was yeah, who was basically was I, I'm not trying to slag Cooper off when I say this. He was oh, game no, managing. he wasn't throwing the ball as much as Dak is. You know, but well, yeah, well, he seems to be getting ten receptions regularly a game. I would I would say like under Cooper Rush, obviously the chemistry between him and Noah Byrne was more significant between her uh, than Cooper Rush than Lamb because I think that had a factor into it. Like, um, I mean, Lamb wasn't getting targeted as much because because of that reasons. Like, you target the guy that you're most comfortable with as a quarterback, mm-hmm. and and that that certain time period when Cooper Rush was in, he did his job. He was targeting the guy that he had full trust on and worked with the most. And that was Noah Brown at the time. And Noah Brown was brilliant for those games. Yeah. And and since Dax came back in, now we're seeing the Dak and Lamb connection re like reuniting again. And it's yeah. just great to see. And that and when you take put it in that perspective, you could probably take away those five games yeah. in theory and you could say, just from a outlandish pers- uh, comment, CeeDee Lamb's a 1,300-yard receiver in, what, 12 games, technically? Yeah. Well, yep. Yeah. Uh, that, that, so so you're averaging above 100 yards per game, yeah. really. And that, yeah. when you really do think about it, that is wide receiver number one caliber player yeah. right from the get-go. I mean, I'm, yeah. I've got the stats here. So he re- recorded uh, 11 catches for 100 yards right on the button for 9.1 mm-hmm. yards average. His longest was 34 yards, and he was targeted 14 times. Yeah. yeah. That's wide receiver number one there, folks. Yeah. Uh, and as as if you want to compare him against somebody that we gave away at the, end, at the beginning of the season, Amari Cooper, 76 yards, uh, sorry, 76 receptions, 1,100 yards, 90 Ds. Um, you know, are we are we missing Amari? Yes, yes. Yes, in a way, yeah. I, 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 I do miss, I, I do miss Amari because I still think Amari is still one of the best route runners in the NFL, and he's not getting the appreciation. And I think again, when it comes to the Cleveland Browns, it really depends who your quarterback is. Mm. And and with the Browns right now, they're having that transition between Deshaun Watson and whoever it is, whoever it is is there. I think it's a bit of a. I think what Amari Cooper has done for the Browns, all things concerned, he's still done a good, good job. You know. Yeah. yeah. But but the point would be that you know if Amari Cooper was like go next season, we'd still had him this season. You would have still been looking at trying to get CD Lamb up to being a, a number one receiver oh, last uh, yeah, next it, year. Yeah, and then it, he, it'd be that endless cycle. It was of... better to cut. Yeah, it was better mm-hmm. to cut it cut bait like, uh, this off season. I think. So. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree, Lauren. Totally agree. I'm still not happy the fact that we gave away what we gave up for him. No, I think he was worth a lot more. That's the only still the big massive criticism I still do have for the front office is what we gave up for him. I thought we could have easily got a lot more. Like when, we, when you look at like AJ Brown, for example, for the Eagles, there's no like when you compare that trade yeah. compared to the Mary Cooper one that we did with the Browns. I'm I, I'm just like, huh? Like I that, think, it, it I think, still it still pesters me to this day. I think the whole thing with that though, and you know how Jerry loves the the whole headline thing. 
I think the press from the minute of the final um, whistle of the 49ers game, there was talk in the press that this that was Amari's last game for the Cowboys. Yeah. You know, and that contributed to it. And then obviously there, you know, somebody, there was a source had leaked that they'd said that they were going to get rid of Amari on Thursday if, if mm-hmm. they didn't get a deal. Um, you know, and there obviously wasn't the market for him in, in terms of people, uh, potential suitors coming forward because the best you could get was a fifth round pick. Yeah. Um, and I suppose at that point in time, nobody had actually signed a, a $25 million deal like Tyreek Hill or anything like that. So yeah. $20 million was looking to be the top end, was at the top end of the receiver scale. Um, you know, and somebody picking up that $20 million would have been mm-hmm. a concern. Yeah, um, yeah. Just to bring up uh, DJ Dog's comments, like he uh, he's just commented saying, "We Dave Cooper wait if we waited until draft day to trade him, we probably draw a lot more from one hundred percent." Considering how, like you just mentioned, Tyreek Hill and I mentioned AJ Brown, like those players went for first rounds and stuff like that, and it was more of a yeah. desperation of that that time and that situation. I thought, hmm. I'm like, surely there'd been a bit more desperation if we waited that little bit longer. Like especially with training camp coming up and stuff like that. Should I been... think the whole thing though was we had to get below the salary cap and we were we yeah. were well over the salary cap. So you yeah. had to make hard decisions. Exactly. You would have had to yeah. try and extend the Mary to, to lower the salary cap details or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um so there was that. It, it was the whole timing of you know getting ourselves under the cap for um for the start of the 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 NFL year. Yeah. I agreed. Yeah. To, I, I totally agree, man. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 it sucks in a way and, 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 and it sucks, but it's also a beautiful thing to see how the salary cap really does affect teams. And it does yeah. kind of even up the playing field. And this is one thing that people don't appreciate. It's like every year it's any given Sunday, any team could win the Super Bowl. Really? When you really, it's not mm. like, Mm-hmm. soccer or football over here where if you're the richest team with no salary cap and no transfer cap you can buy any player any given time and still win the league regardless pretty much yeah. and whereas the nfl is all a matter of readjusting your finances to accommodate players and find the best fit and it's 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 business management pretty much it's how yeah. to f- find balance and actually keep the ball rolling that's the yeah. most important part yeah i'm i'm going to pull up tim tim's comment here um paying dak and zeke killed amari i would disagree with that because we'd already paid zeke and you have to pay a quarterback it doesn't matter how much it costs you have to and dak's deal is now one of the cheaper for the elite quarterbacks i think dax isn't even in the top 10 at the minute no don't don't forget Don't forget the whole. De- like, I don't know if you guys remember. Remember when Ryan Tannehill got his deal? Yeah, Tennessee. It was huge. Yeah. It was huge. Right? Yeah. And and we were expecting to say, okay, well, Dak's going to earn a lot more than that, and we had no problem with that. But now, yeah. in perspective, now they had the Patrick Mahomes deal it came in the five hundred million for ten years, whatever that deal mm. was. I can't remember the exact amount, but yeah. it was a lot yeah. of money. But now you've got like the whole Lamar Jackson coming up. You've got like a. Um, <sighs> Who knows? Um, every bit like a uh, Josh Allen, Joe, prime Joe, Burrow. Exa- Joe Burrow, like 
those guys are going to earn a lot more than yeah. Dak Prescott is easily. Just the way yeah. how the things are elevating with the NFL, inflation, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. It's like, and people are not realizing inflation has a lot of a part of it into it as well. Like, yeah, when when like when things surrounded outside of football goes up in price, then the price tag needs to go up as well. So yeah. again, it just goes back into the whole business ethics of everything. It's like people are just like, why we paying? Why, why is he the highest paid? Why, why is he? It's just like, well, give it give it two years, he won't be. Yeah, it's like. It's just a, a continuous growth every year. Yeah. Yep. Look, we're an hour and 20 minutes in. And as you said, Paul, I think Mike is going to kill us when oh, he sees big this. time. He's going to kill us, man. Well, I, I, <laughs> really? I think let's flip it over and talk. So, defense, I'm just going to pull up the numbers there. So, I mean, I think this was a game on on Thursday night that was very much stuck, not stuck in the trenches, but was played in the trenches. And our O-line held up well, didn't create many openings, but you're playing one of the best fronts in the league. But our our defensive front held up as well. And we finally had a couple of sacks. Yeah, I mean, I'm just just looking at this uh, right now. They're... um... Dante Fowler got a sack, Donovan Wilson got a sack, so, I mean, it's not as, as high we would anticipate, but still, mm-hmm. like, 63 overall tackles, 38 of them being solo, um, 10 quarterback hits, so we got to the quarterback, yes. no pro- so yep. people don't realise, like, even getting to the quarterback, creating those pressures, mm-hmm. it makes a difference, yep. and passes deflected and, and interceptions as well and let well, me just say no sean right phenomenal game he had yeah you know yeah but overall like we had a really good defense defensive performance don't get me wrong there was certain times where like so like i mentioned earlier like uh, Traylon burks made a really uh, he really exposed the weak side of our secondary and stuff like that but um but yeah uh aye it's um I mean, again, the thing with Burks, the the, the one tiptoe sideline catch that he made, and then yeah. obviously in the Sean Wright tried to make a tackle, but had fallen to the floor, um, and then that allowed him to get the the extra twenty yards or so to yeah. to set up the field goal for half time. Um, take take that aside, yeah, the the secondary was picked on. Diggs gave up a couple of pass, yeah. uh, gave up a couple of receptions. Because because of his high roller stakes yeah. that you know we're starting to see again this season from last season, um, you know, and it's potentially because teams aren't throwing digs his way that you know he's he's trying to do the the whole Dion rope dope thing where you know oh look I'm not I'm not covering wait a minute I am and <laughs> um, you know and hope that you get the interceptions that way. But I will say no where, one else is, the, no one else will ever be prime time. No one else will ever be yeah, prime. Yeah. I know. But where the where the sacks have been tailing off in the last couple of weeks, the interceptions, the forced fumbles, yes. you know, they're there. We're leading the league in turnovers again this season. Um, yeah. two years two years straight. You know, we were unlucky. Um, who was it? Tank Lawrence knocked the ball out of uh, yeah. Dobbs's hand, and it unfortunately went straight back into his hand. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think the big question is, Lauren, is like how many um, four and outs did we have in that game? A lot. Yep. And yep. same goes for like 
again, even though it may be like the past couple of weeks have not been the best of games, Eagles game, Texans game, and this game, but we're still creating those four and outs where mate and name give us, give us back the ball to the offense. And that's still the defense doing their job. We're still mm-hmm. forcing their offense to give us the ball back. So, um, but uh, I was, yeah, and I just noticed Tim's comment there and might have recovered with a fumble one-handed. I don't know about you guys, but after seeing when Micah had his hand all plastered up yeah. like a club, I was yeah. like, don't play him. Do not play him right now. Yeah. I, I had my concern. Like, I'm just being very conservative right now in terms of I'm thinking about I want everyone to be one, close to 100%. Like, And I get Mike, Micah's perspective. He's got that dog mentality. He wants to go in no matter what. I get that. But at the same time, there, there comes the time and place where is it really worth coming onto the field when you've got a disadvantage? With, you know what I mean? So even yeah. though he still, even though he contributed throughout the game, but it wasn't as effective, and it, it was clearly shown in that game. Yeah, yeah. But I, th- I thought it was interesting that the first first defensive play, he was standing on the sideline, realised that he should have been on the on the pitch. And that's right, and, and it came on, on and he on made the, the play. That, that <laughs> was remarkable. I, that was unbelievable. I yep. like He just literally just came on, just lined up, and it was like, boom, they would go with that tackle for loss. Yep. That was unbelievable. Like He didn't even know what the scheme was. He just basically jumped in and just like laid up. I think he was like lined up as like the middle linebacker at the time, and he just <laughs> yeah. came through the and came through the A gap. Yep. That, 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 that was just like, what just happened? Because <laughs> I was like, it just it just bolted off the sideline. It's like oof, and the next thing you know, the, the ball just got snapped and he just went straight down. And it's like they even yeah. know the defensive play or the coverage was or anything like that. He just went in and just did it. That is yeah. just yeah. You. yeah. Um so if you kind of mentioned the name there already in terms of Nishon Wright, I mean obviously you do our top tackles. Um, I think he'd uh, he'd a tackle for a loss and he had the interception in the game. How is his play as a boundary corner? Is is that gonna gonna help us for the rest of the season? Um, that, is it just this, the fact he's getting more reps gonna work? This was more for you, Lauren. I think I can't really call yeah. the corners. <laughs> I, I I mean I can't really either. I mean. What you've got, obviously, he came off the sideline. He came off and had to go into the medical tent at one point as well. But, um, you know, I think the more he's playing, the better he's become. You know, he had mm-hmm. a he had a steady game last week against the Eagles. Yeah, I think it, it took a step up. And obviously that interception that he did, which obviously he needed yeah. all um, six foot four all or whatever four. it is that he is. Um, plus a step ladder to make that catch and to bring himself back down in bounds as well, um, you know, to make sure that it was an interception was um, yeah. quite something. Um, I still think, obviously, at the moment, if you can play him this week against Washington, you know, it builds it up again. But I yeah. think the secondary at the moment is still the weak link of this defence. Um, yeah. You know, and you almost need to have um, Diggs going back to playing that cover and not trying, not trying to create opportunities for himself. Um, I wish that 
Diggs had actually, you know, actually picked that pick six as well. You know, we yeah. we had opportunities that we missed out on during that game. Um, but Nashon yeah. Wright is certainly coming on. In the last two weeks, he's led the team in tackles. Yeah, um, He's had the past defences. You know, that's all you can want. And you're seeing a better standard of play from him than you ever were with uh, boss man Vat. And I think man Fat, to be honest with the, we'll get on to talking about the special teams, but boss man Fat with his play on special teams is probably the door is getting that little bit wider for um, cutting him loose. Yeah. Just TJ Dog with the comments, it's important for the young cornerbacks to gain confidence before the playoff run. Yeah. And I think hopefully like that, look, if we can get Nishon right in for, even if it's for, 60% 60% of the snaps and he, he can put up similar numbers again this week. It would be good just to give him that boost and that kind of muscle memory and, and knowing what he should be doing and when he should be doing it. Totally. At 100%. Like just from a general perspective, like given any of these backups, any game time up to this point of the players, all we know, it may take one play and next thing they know they're in amongst the deep end. So, yeah. If we can even like, because you don't want them going into uh, going into a hot game when they're cold, essentially. Um, so even reps like this, like, I'll be more than happy to see more not the Sean Wright for a, and we'll talk about this in the pregame show. Um, but I'm more than happy to see more of the backups getting more role because they may they yeah. will have a a, a a what's the what's the ter- a term that they will have a role to play yeah. going forward yeah. for sure. So yeah. Yeah. Like I mean, I think our safety play is covering a lot of the secondary secondary as an overall units deficiencies because Curse, Hooker and Donovan Wilson, you're consistently seeing their tackle numbers, their passes defended. And you're not seeing a lot of plays go across the middle. But it's it's the worry you have is coming up against potentially a Justin Jefferson. Yeah. You know, he's going to pick the side where Nashawn Wright is and potentially burn you. I think also, though, I mean, just playing all these guys together, there there was breakdowns. The touchdown that uh, Dobbs... Yeah. Donovan Wilson should have picked up somebody else. It ended up, because he went off with another guy... To, co- to cover that, it ended up that Damone Clark was trailing the play, um, you know, and he managed to get his hand on the receiver just as the receiver was crossing the goal line. But, mm-hmm. you know, had Wilson been in possession, you know, it might have, we might have been talking that it was 27-6 ball game or something like yeah. that, you know. Uh, it, there's little breakdowns there. <laughs> I've also heard on one of the podcasts, we're playing too far off with whether it's a case of not wanting to give up the big play. We're not playing press coverage. Um, We're playing off on the coverage, which then gives the receivers the the benefit of the doubt there, or they've got the advantage because they can put a double move on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and particularly we, we said on Thursday night that Nishon Wright's weakness is you try and get him tangled up with his feet because he is a tall, lanky, a cornerback. He's he's, he's, a, gets, he's a Dan Dan Quinn type of player for sure. Yeah, 
if you get if you get his legs tangled up, you're then creating that space as well. Um, you know, and teams have, have picked up on that, and that's what they're trying to do. So, mm-hmm. for God's sake, get up there, get in his face, force it off the line. As long as you don't give up the penalty by holding on to him after five yards or whatever, yeah. You know, but you do run the potential that if he can, if if the receiver can break off the line, you you are hanging the hanging the cornerback out to dry potentially that you could have these long bombs which we haven't seen in recent yeah. years. Yeah. Um, so if we if we flip it into an, an area you guys are more familiar with in terms of the defensive line, I'm just kind of seeing the numbers go through the bottom of the screen there. And again we're getting contributions from everybody like Fowler, Dante Fowler, two tackles, a sack tackle for loss two QB hits, DeMarcus had five tackles, Carlos Watkins had five tackles. You know, the rotation that's there along that defensive front is helping. Yeah. Yeah, um, before we mention that, yeah, apologies to Elizabeth. We will leave the comments up a bit longer. So thank you for highlighting that to us. We we appreciate you mentioning that. So we will leave the comments up up on screen a little bit longer for you. No problem. Um, sorry, Brian, do you see that again? Just in terms of the defensive line, I mean, I think the rotation we have and guys are in and out, yeah. guys are being kept fresh so that you're seeing different guys each week contribute. As you say, absolutely, Marcus, five tackles, uh, Carlos Watkins had five tackles, uh, Dante Fowler had two tackles, but he had a sack, he had a tackle for a loss, he had a couple of quarterback hits. You know, and it's a different name each week that's popping up and, and dominating. And every player has different traits and different attributes to their game. And yeah. we're, we're, we're seeing this Pandora's box a little bit. You just don't know what to expect with our, our defensive front, even yeah. our linebackers as well. But yeah. especially when it comes to the running game, um, run defense. But, man, all credit to Aiden Dubdy. It, all credit to him for getting the players up to their potential. Like he's getting players that are caught, like like you just mentioned there, Brian. Like we've got nearly every single player in that unit making contributions. I think there, I think there was a couple of games earlier in the season where every player in the defensive line and and even in the linebacker core. I can't remember our linebacker mm-hmm. coach's name, but every player in our front seven. Whoever was on the field and every player in those units contributed to those games, mm. like yeah. all, like from solo tackles to assistant tackles, they were all contributing. And we're yeah. we're seeing we're see, and nearly uh, every time I look down on the box score, every time for the game summary, our defensive list of players of contribution is massive. You're, you're, yeah. you're talking about at least twenty five players contributing. Yeah. Like, and this is including cornerbacks, but don't get me wrong, but that's a lot. Yeah. Like, and you've yeah. seen other teams with maybe like 10, 15 players contributing to the team because mm. they're basically, they're not bringing in rotation. They're sticking to the starters all the time, but we're we're bringing in players like for third down scenarios, uh, uh, red zone defense scenarios, etc. Mm-hmm. different coverages, you name it, we're we're like Dan Quinn has certain players for different scenarios, and he's playing them to their actual best capabilities, and we're seeing that. 
Yeah, completely, yeah. completely agree that, you know, as you say, Paul, you look at the stats and just you're almost needing a whole page of stats for just for the defense, <laughs> um, which, which you know, is, is something that's, that's incre- again, I hate to say it, it's incredible, you know, that you're, you're seeing this contribution from everybody on the team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and yes, there's been the issues that you know the we had that low point where we were giving up all the running, um, you know, giving up the 200 yards for yeah. three straight games. But yeah. um, you know, we we're scheming against it now, and you know the, the latest things that we're not necessarily generating pressure, and that's because teams are aware that we're a a stunt based team. And ultra aggressive. Uh, we're we're very yeah. aggressive as well. If there's yeah. if there's one thing I do like, but it's also the Achilles heel for a opposing offenses that run play option. That seems that's always been our Achilles heel because we're that ultra aggressive. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And I mean, you guys have alluded to it already. I mean, when I'm pulling the the, the numbers together for each show, it's so hard to leave off players because you're like, where do I stop with the with the defensive <laughs> numbers? Because, you know, there's so many different things that go into defensive statistics. Like, obviously, you have tackles, solo tackles, assisted tackles, tackles TFLs, for loss. Yeah, tackles for loss, all that type of stuff. UB yeah. pressures, passes defended, interceptions, exactly. recoveries. And, you know, like, I could have I could have a line going through that that would take two or three minutes if I put it and not to mention that as well, Brian, like, when you watch the, fil- uh, watch the film, particularly more on the north-south camera view yeah. where you're watching it and when you see like a, a running back going into the a gap and he is forced to go into a different gap that's the that's that defensive lineman doing their job there they've yeah. stopped a running back from going to their primary objective that's yeah. a win yeah. that's yeah. a win and that's that's the things that don't show up on the stat sheet that you nope, never you know and, that and, we and, don't and, talk and, about very much because it's not a stat which is annoying no. in some ways, you know, because you, you you don't get to talk about those things, you know. And it's it's why defensive tackles get a lot of griefs, like, oh, they don't put up any numbers. Well, as Paul has said, if they're blocking their gaps up properly, yes, running backs aren't getting yards. And, and defensive tackle, unless you're like Aaron Donald, who is like that hybrid, he's like mm-hmm. a defensive end, but he plays, he plays it to a... You, to a T in a defensive tackle position because of the speed and lower sense of gravity, he can get underneath those offensive linemen more effectively than your 300 plus pound defensive tackle run stopper guys, nose tackles who are there to basically take on double teams, take on those blocks. Mm-hmm. Whereas Aaron Donald is the guys that get in those gaps. So people would, I think, why don't we have a guy like Aaron Donald? It's because there are different types of players, they're different. Yep. Built yeah. for that different scheme, yeah. You name it, and yeah, and and like so we mentioned earlier, Jonathan Hankins is one yeah. of those guys that he's there for a s- specific role. And DJ Doll just made the comment, and he's getting close to getting back as well, which is going to be a massive, massive boost for us going into this playoff run. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I think, look, let's give, uh, Lauren kind of said it there about five, ten minutes ago, let's give our special teams a bit of love. <laughs> and let's talk about the wonderful Brett Money Me, Maha. Maher. <laughs> six from six this weekend again. 
Two, yeah, yep. two, two for two. Longest was forty-five yards. Yeah, scoring what nine points in total? Is is he not actually the highest score in the NFL right now? He is the highest he is, he is. player in the wow. NFL this season. So I made a tweet earlier this week about Money Maher, um, and and this is an appreciation tweet. I might, I might add, I did a poll and I asked everybody on Twitter, Cowboys Nation. Uh, to get the votes in for, you know, there's like player of the year, offensive player of the year. Yep. For me, comeback player, for me, it, and this is just me being very opinionated, but I'm saying Brett Maher when you really do think about it because mm-hmm. the, his first stint in Dallas was an absolute disaster. He mm-hmm. went, obviously went to, he went to the Jets briefly, didn't do well there, but he took time, like he took a brief time off at some point and readjusted himself and he's came back and we were all thinking at the start of the season, what are we doing? Our kicker situation is not going to improve. And by goodness, Brett Maher has completely, not just me, but every critic mm-hmm. within the Cowboys yeah. content creator yeah. community, all the analysts out there, like no one is saying anything negative about Brett Maher anymore. He is he is here to stay. He has been phenomenal. And I will raise my hand up and I will love to apologize to Brett Maher for anything negative I've said <laughs> in the past. Because you have redeemed yourself, my friend. You have won me over big time. Yeah. And I mean, e- even the majority of his kicks as well are straight down the middle. They're not, you know, even from 40, 50 yards, they're straight down the middle. Yeah. It's not a case that, oh, they've just squeaked in and, the goalpost. And the kicks they did try to do was under the weather conditions. New York was the prime example. They, yeah. They're trying to do that during the, the pregame against the Giants because they were testing the wind to see, they're trying 50 yards and 55 yards and 60 yards. And obviously he was making those before the game started. And obviously we had the opportunity to go for the field goal in some cases in that game. Mm -hmm. We decided not to do it. It was the right call, et cetera. And there was one scenario we did have to do it. And yeah, it did go wide, but understandably, the weather conditions, it was unpredictable. So, and, and yes, I think it's absolutely criminal that he did not make the Pro Bowl criminal, considering yeah. how key Brett Maher has kept our season alive this year. Yeah. yeah. I think, and I think we commented on this again last week. So obviously the Pro Bowl was announced, what, 10, 12 days ago at this yep. stage? Yeah. And in that time frame, a second kicker was called up for the NFC. Yep. Jake Elliott. And Jake Elliott has missed. I'm sorry, more but that is season. just it's, it's a popularity contest. I, I'm sorry. Yeah. Like just because the Eagles was a 13 and whatever does not justify your kicker position. Jake, like, don't get me wrong. Jake Elliott is a good kicker, yeah, but he's yeah. not playing to the consistency and robustness that Brett Maher has produced this season. That is a fact. That's a yep. stonewall fact. Yeah, yep. I think Jake, Jake Elliott's there because he, you know, he was a he was a Pro Bowler in previous years, and you know, you, you can say that last year when Tyron Smith 
got voted to the Pro Bowl and what have you, a lot of that was probably more on reputation than the actual play because he wasn't on the pitch that much. Um, you know, the, there are things like that where, unfortunately, with the Pro Bowl, if you've been there one year, been you know, you're more likely to go the next year. Whether you, mm. you know, if you just keep at that same level, or you have a yep. you have a small drop off. I'm going to bring this comment up actually, and actually, I actually really agree with it. I agree with this 100. Yeah. Joe, made, Joe just made this comment. It's yep. okay. We'll trade a Pro Bowl with a Super Bowl. Yes. Well, well that. Well, yeah. 100%. Yeah, here's the thing, and Lauren, I know you'll be able to back me up on this one. Was it our defense for the 1992 season had one Pro Bowler and we won the Super Bowl and had the number one defense in the NFL? We didn't even have we didn't have anybody on the on the Pro Bowl uh, on the Pro Bowl roster that year. Didn't we had the number there. one defense, and nobody, nobody was nobody was selected from the defense. All of our Pro Bowl selections were the offense. Yeah, you know, so it just it just goes to show you just never know what way these things are gonna are gonna flow out. And then the day it's a popularity contest, and the, the, yeah. there's there's some players that don't like. Pff, I'm sorry, but. The Pro Bowl for me is just uh, more of a gimmick. More, more nowadays, like it's cool to be recognised by fans, etc., and stuff like that. But when you really don't put actual consideration of players that have actually made major impact to teams mm -hmm. and turn things around for them, and don't get recognised for that's the problem I have. Yep. Yeah. I'm just bringing up DJ Dark's comments. Yeah, today. yeah, just got it there. It's, yeah, because so DJ's comments saying it's funny that they noticed that Maher leads the uh, the league in NFL storm, which you just mentioned, and then immediately uh, the media suddenly notices that offense is really good. Yeah, it's it's crazy. It, it's it, it's again popularity contest. It's like special teams ha uh, deserve love as well. They do. Yeah. And again, just to give our other kicker, our punter, Brian Anger, a bit of love, because punters are people too. Yeah. <laughs> again, he had three attempts, 121 yards, and all three of his uh, kicks. All of them inside, inside the 20. All, inside all three kicks go back inside the 20 yard line, yeah, 20 yeah. yards. Yeah. That's, that's, that is flawless. Yeah. You know, and then, you know, obviously we screwed the pooch on uh, uh, Kelvin Joseph as well. You know, unfortunately, we're one of those that, you know, fair fair catch interference. I mean, that's, oh, as I say, that's opened I'm, that's opened right. door for him being... Right. I, think we're, I, I think we're definitely right over the two-hour mark talking about Kelvin Joseph here, but <laughs> I'm sorry, but... I'm sorry, but that... He had... It's inexcusable. It really yeah. is. Like, yep. he had intention to do that. You saw him lead his knee out to make contact with the guy who was going to catch the ball. I'm sorry, but Joseph just basically signed away his future with the Cowboys there. I really do. Because yeah. yeah. that there could have cost us something more. That could have, it, it could have changed the momentum. It could have made more of a bigger impact in that game. Thankfully, it didn't. Thankfully, the team, the Dallas Cowboys, we overcame that and we still got the win. Thank goodness. But Joseph's a liability now. Yeah. yeah. It really is. It and 
and I'm really wanting to root for the kids. I really want to do. I like. I don't want to downplay any player that we do in our, our team. Like, like, well, you know what I'm like with previous players and stuff like that. Like, if I have a really negative view about a player, I will say it. But, um, but Joseph, man, like, he has potential to be really good, but he's not doing himself any favors at all, and he's he's not playing what you would expect from a second round draft pick. I'm yeah. sorry. And especially now you've got players like Deron Bland out there and etc. who are really like coming out to light. And yeah. and even on special teams as well, it's like other players are really um making more impact as well. Yeah. Like and, and that's a great comment from Tim. Yeah. Uh, he's got some more some maturing to do, whether here or somewhere else. I don't see it being yeah. in Dallas personally. I think we're gonna move on from him. Yeah. Um yeah. but yeah, I th- yeah, I think it's gonna be one of those ones. It's not gonna be a surprise to anyone if we let Joseph go. I really do. Yeah. Yeah. Like as they say, the Sean Wright was was taken a round and a half later. He was picked 99, wasn't it, Lord? Oh no, you're yeah, something like that. Yeah, he was pick ninety nine or pick a hundred in last year's draft. He was taking yeah. picks after Kelvin Joseph, and it's him that's on the field now. Yep. No, and and that's inexcusable. You can't have a second round pick who is essentially a core special teamer and is letting the special teams down. Absolutely, I to- I totally agree. Um, but we're still, I'm still want Joseph to like really change our fortunes. I really want him to kind of like stand out, do something, make yeah. an impact. Like there's been times where in special teams on kickoff or a, or a punt, he really did look really, really good. But mm. in moments like this, it's inexcusable. Yeah. Like you, you, you'll get flagged for that every single time. And yeah. for him to kind of shrug his shoulders and pretend it's like, Oh, I didn't touch him. I'm like, I'm yeah. like, no, no, Kelvin. We knew what you were doing. Yeah, there was there was no need for it. He, he called the fair cash. There was no need for you to talk, uh, like, make any contact at all. But it is what it is. Yeah. And the thing is, if that was an isolated incident, mm. you would go, okay, mm. I can forgive this once, but. This is one of a catalogue of incidences with Kelvin Joseph. And it's on special teams and it's on defence as well, you know. And as Tim is saying here, aside from Joseph, our drafting has been on point. It It has. has. has Our our draft process has been probably one of the best in several years. And and this is all credit down to Will McClay, who we had had on the show on draft day um earlier this year and yeah. a yeah um all fair credit to will mcclay he's done an exceptional job like don't get me wrong there's been some picks that, that didn't work out but in the overall perspective the general way of looking at things we've been yeah. very very successful when it comes to the draft we didn't expect tyler smith to be brilliant we we thought we he was going to be a second round guy Mm-hmm. Like Jerry had him ranked higher, Will McClay had him as a first round, and we were like, ah, really? But again, the front office proved that they know what they're doing. Yeah. Yep. And I mean, I think that was part of what Will was saying was, you know, he has a lot of traits that we like, and 
the materials are there to work with. And I mean, it's, it's a matter of just building them too. Yeah. It's, and it, the plan never was for him to be the left tackle this season. Yeah. He was supposed to yeah. be the guard. And he has held up in, 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 in how he has played. He hasn't been spectacular. I wouldn't put him in a rookie team of the year. Yeah. But as I say, he's he's playing at left tackle, which is one of the most difficult positions in the entire NFL to play. Absolutely. And it's a reasonable that, job. And for 99.9% of all quarterbacks who are right-handed quarterbacks, that's your blind side. Yep. Yeah. Like, that's the most important. Like, whoever, like, whatever tackles your, your blind side, that's the most important role. If you're a left-handed quarterback, then your right tackle is more important, you know? So, yeah. But, yeah, it's, but, um, but just again, just one general overall, like, I'll shout out to Will McClay. He's done an exceptional job overall. I think we're going to see more going forward, like, with Will and the front office. Yeah. I'm, and I'm, I'm, and I'm for next season's draft. And I know I'm getting way ahead of myself. And I know you've already made a start looking at prospects and stuff like that, Brian, yeah. and that, but, uh, I'm really excited to see what we do for this upcoming draft next year, Chris, and that. But but then again, but we still got this. We still got this season. We still got potential Super Bowl to win. We still got our offense. We still got our defense. We still got uh, Brett Maher here. Like we've got, we do have a really good team here that can potentially win us the Super Bowl this year, and and I. And and this is the weirdest year, like, and I don't know about you guys, but it kind of feels like nine times out of ten, like you would have thought last season would have been the team that would have done everything, but it didn't do it. But this team was more yeah. or less expected to do it, but we've yeah. went above and beyond expectations this year. Yeah, you don't get me wrong. There's been some really horrible losses this year, but mm-hmm. again, overall, look in perspective, we're twelve and four. No, sorry. Yeah. 12 and four. Yeah, and we could potentially be 13 and four. If we are if we do go 13 and four, then it's a narrow um level up from last year. Yeah. Yep. It is. Uh just the comments here from Elizabeth in terms of great team and backup players. Agreed. Joe was yeah. saying Joe was saying our needs are linebacker and cornerback. Agreed. I would also throw in defensive end into that mix as well and as always offensive line you can never have money <laughs> I, know, I, I, I notice not one of those comments are quarterback <laughs> yeah I mean god that guy we have a quarterback is trash <laughs> <laughs> Dak I'm not hating on you at all you know that yeah we love that we love Dak we love, we love Dak here. But look, we have gone for the guts of two hours, so we, we better get that's out of here. A, that's nearly a record for a non-draft show. <laughs> nearly a record. So, before you go, this is actually quite a good point. Have we ever seen a team that's a fifth seed going 13 and 4? Not 13 and 4. But I, I think this is, I think this is going to be the first. This could be potentially be the first team... Yeah. NFL history that is like a fifth seed has had a, an, an amazing record of 13 and 4 and now the fifth seed that's quite unheard of I think yeah yeah, yeah. so 
back-to-back 12 wins a season. It's been a long time for us. Again, that's a narrow record that we've just set. Last time we did yeah. that was like way back in the, was that back in the 90s or something we did that? The 90s, 90s, yeah. Yeah, Paris once with, with, with Switzer, wasn't it? Yeah. Yep. And then, so, you know, J- Jimmy, Jimmy Johnson did it once and Tom Landry's done it twice. So Mike twice, McCarthy's yeah. now the fourth fourth coach to do this. Uh, and and look at the and the coaches we had before, prior to that, like Wade Phillips, etc. We had Jason Garrett, Mr. Eight and Eight. Like we never managed to attend. We, like we've had maybe had one 12 and four season with Jason Garrett. And that was yeah. back in what, 2016? And that was it. Yep. But other yeah. than that, we've never really scratched the surface and really self-improved year after year after year. And and I don't know about you guys, but this whole talk about if we crash out the playoffs, we should get rid of Mike McCarthy. I think that is just absolute craziness to even suggest that, yeah. considering what yeah. Mike McCarthy has done. Again, generalizing the overall perspective of looking at the Dallas Cowboys, how can you not keep Mike like like say how can you say that about Mike McCarthy thinking about getting him off and bringing in like Sean Payton? I mean, I, I'm sorry, but if you were to bring Sean Payton in, I don't think he's actually going to do a much better job, if not better. I don't nope. think he's going to do a better job, personally. And you've got to remember with Sean Payton, you you know, the Saints come out this week and said that the starting, starting bargaining chip for Sean Payton is one first-round pick, at least. I so will not do are that. You willing to, nope. So, no chance. I am I mean, not willing some, to... Somebody like Denver will need to do something like that. But. Denver, yeah. Denver are in a lot of trouble right now. So, yeah. yeah. I'm ex- you're expecting to see a lot of rumour mills going about with him right now. And and here's my concern with Sean Payton. And I'm not saying Sean Payton is a bad coach. Far from us. Does he guarantee anything much more than what Mike McCarthy guarantees you? Which no. is a 10-win-plus season. Almost every season. You get to the playoffs every season and you're contending every season. I mean, could you split the difference? I mean, both of them have only won one Super Bowl. I know. Like, yep. But diff- there's hardly any difference. If, like, and on paper, you would say Mike McCarthy's still better. Yeah. On, on yeah. paper. And I'm just going, just going to pull this one up from Tim. Jerry's in love with Peyton, I think, plain and simple. I'm... So I'm going to go a little bit left field on this. I think Jerry Jones is in love with another head coach in the NFL right now. And that head coach might be taking a year out after this season. And Sean McVay. That makes Mm. sense. Um... And I think that might be where they might go with this organization. But again, how much is it going to cost you? Are the Rams going to, you know, and the Rams are a team who are pick needy and cap needy. Are they going to get that money from a team to get Sean McVay over to to that team? But here's the thing with Sean McVay. Sean McVay is a wheeler dealer. He wants to deal first round picks, second round picks. He wants to win now. He doesn't want to build an organization. So, yeah. is Jerry or are Stephen and Will McClay going to be able to work with that kind of a head coach? I don't think they will. No, I don't so, think so. I think there's, I think the whole big... reason why Pete, I think the whole reason why Jerry is supposedly in love with Peyton is the same way that 
it is with Jason Garrett when we were talking about Jason Garrett coming on. Yep. It's a for it's somebody who the club has had ties with before. They've gone off, they've carved their career somewhere else. They've then been brought back in and it's like, look, we've brought this guy back in and, you know, he's had the pedigree with us and it's, you know, go, going with the whole tradition on the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, agreed. You know, and that's that's all it is. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, he's, he's, he's not going to he's not going to fork out a first round pick. No, um, no, I don't see it. And I mean, I, Joe, Joe, just ring up the comment here. If we don't do good in the playoffs, I'd like to see Dan Quinn as head coach. I don't agree with that either. That's that's just my view. But lads, I'll give you the last shout on this. Dan Quinn's a defensive coordinator, plain simple. Like, don't get me wrong. Like Dan Quinn did take to the Falcons to the Super Bowl, but he's so much more effective as a uh, defensive coordinator than he is as a head coach. Like, there like, there are some coaches that are designed to be coordinators. Wade Phillips, North, prime example. Wade Wade Phillips, North Turner. Exactly. Um, you know, they, they will get you to the playoffs, but. As a head coach, they will get you to the playoffs, but at some point when you you've crashed out of the playoffs, the following season there's a there's a drop off, and that's that's happened in all of their situations. That mm-hmm. you know they've got to off, they've crashed out of the playoffs, and then the chemistry hasn't been there the next year, and that's led to them getting their pink slips. Um, yep. So yeah, I think we'll end up on that one, no. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, we've we, we we've reached our target. We've gone over two hours. Mike is hopping up and down in his house in Wales right now, screaming <laughs> up to wrap this show up. So, Paul, I'm going to flick o- flick on your favorite part of this show. Yes, sir. Yes, guys, if you're planning going to a Dallas Cowboys game next season, or if you're planning going to the playoffs this year, be sure to go with CowboysExperience.com for the ultimate meet and greet, stadium tours, tailgate experiences, and much, much more. Get to meet players like so, Zach Martin, Travis Federer, Drew Pearson, Hall of Famer, Jay Novacek, as you can see there on the screen, Micah Parsons as well, and many, many more. When we say these guys are, like, they invest in us and we love to, like, show appreciation because these guys treat us like absolute royalty whenever we do come over to the other side of the pond, to the US, and you guys are doing are not to be disappointed. So be sure to go and contact CowboysExperience.com for uh, an exclusive free gift when you use the code UK Cowboys. And guys, what is it you get if you use the code? You get free stuff and free chocolate. Free stuff. Too. Don't forget the chocolate pudding. And Lauren, if you want to give the shout out to the creators. Yeah, so check out the guys on our Hall of Fame here. Um, talking Cowboys, hanging with the boys, blogging the boys, featuring in our own Paul Stewart. Um, obviously, Mike's also contributing with the, the the on the writing side of things. You got Jeff Cavanaugh, Big Game James, Law Nation. Um, who else? Uh, Skywalker Steel, Pick Six Sports, um, Katie Funhouse, Jeff Reinbold. Check out all these guys. Listen to their podcasts. Listen to the opinions, and mm-hmm. you know it just it helps expand the game. Yeah. Absolutely. And um, Paul, I'll give you the last one. Yes, guys. So like I mentioned before, Cowboys Experience helped sponsor the show. We actually do have a travel package for next season as well. And courtesy of Cowboys Experience, all the information 
will be on our Facebook group. So this will include, like, as mentioned, game tickets, tours, meet and greets, and much more. There's also going to be inclusion of a potential college football game in the package as well. So for more details, be sure to go to our Facebook group and also uh, contact Cowboys Experience directly. So there we go, folks. We've gone over the two-hour mark. As I say, Mike is hopping up and down. So I am going to get us out of here and say good night, folks, and pass it over to you. Yeah, good night, folks. Hopefully see you uh, Thursday as we break down the final regular season uh, showdown. Great show on Paul and Nice And legs? I'm confused. <laughs> mm, there you go. You oh you've seen the picture of me wearing my kilt, haven't you, Elizabeth? That's what it is, isn't it? <laughs> uh, it's a good night for me, guys. We'll see you guys on Thursday for the pregame show against Washington. And yes, it's a good night from every one of us. So, but and that being said, go Cowboys.